Frauders and Sorores, the Imperator of the Rosicrucian Order Amorc, Ralph M. Lewis. Greetings, Frauders and Sorores. Recently, a Soror asked me this question. I sometimes wonder about the next incarnation. Does the time come when we can look forward into our next life and see who we shall be, what we shall do, and so forth? I replied in this manner. What we shall be in our future incarnations and where we shall be born is not determined in advance cosmically. We are the creators of our next incarnation while we are in this one. Our thoughts, our deeds, our relationships with others, our ideals and aspirations, as well as our intellectual and spiritual evolution, all determine the next incarnation, just as the next moment is the effect of what you say and do now. Each conscious moment is causative, and the one that follows from it is an effect. The effect becomes a cause of still further effects. In each life, then, we forge a link with our next and future incarnations. We can definitely influence the development and course of our next incarnation while in this one. The Rosicrucian monographs in several of the degrees elaborate on the technique by which this mystical process can and has been accomplished. We can but touch upon it briefly here. First, it is futile for us to attempt cosmically through any exercise of attunement to try to determine what our next incarnation is to be. The reason for this being impossible is quite simple. It is that the life of the next incarnation is still in the formative stage. It is potential within your present life at this time. You are helping to lay its foundation hourly. Further, if you were to perceive the next incarnation, it would be to the extent of certain causes which you have already laid down. You would be able to see only that certain effects as laws or conditions would follow from what you had done up to the present. That future would have no stability because it would be subject to change or mitigation the consequence of any new acts and thoughts upon your part. Now let us use a simple analogy to make this principle more comprehensible. Suppose you are planning for next year's vacation. You want to visit the mountains. You therefore anticipate the type of clothing you will need at that altitude. You further determine the amount of clothing depending upon the length of time you will be on holiday. You conceive as well what you will want to do while there. 
Perhaps you have arranged to buy a camera and film so as to photograph any unusual scenery. You may have purchased fishing accessories and some worthwhile book to read during the long, pleasant evenings. As you review all these details, it would seem that your holiday is quite an established fact. What you do as causes should produce the results of which you desire your vacation to consist. However, as you well know from experience, events now could easily change the whole course of your holiday. Your health might make it inadvisable for you to go to a high altitude. Your economic affairs or some other unforeseen demand upon your resources might oblige you to cancel a vacation. Thus the holiday is contingent upon the thought, deeds, and circumstances of the now. It is not a fixed or assured event. We are told in our monographs that laying the foundation of a future incarnation constitutes more than just wishing, desiring, or in fact, asking the cosmic for it. It is a process of creating upon your part. You must begin by thinking of the type of life and the kind of work you wish to perform. Carefully analyze yourself. What do you know about yourself that if you could live your life over, you would want to correct or seek to attain? Have you ever discovered that you would be happier in one of the arts, as music, painting, or writing, than in your present work? Perhaps you would prefer research in some field of science or mechanics. Again, you might desire to pursue an academic life as a teacher or professor. Have you thought that as a spiritual counselor, mystic, or philosopher, you might attain your greater happiness? Has life shown you that you have a great sympathy for those who are ill, and that you have a natural ability to heal others. This might cause you to aspire to become a physician in your next incarnation. After deciding what you would sincerely like to do in another incarnation, it is necessary that you keep it uppermost as an ideal in your mind. Next comes the gradual preparation and the establishing of causes from which the next life will follow as an effect. If you would like to be a healer, for example, it would be necessary for you to read whatever you can about the human body and its various processes, particularly stressing the healing technique as given in the Rosicrucian monographs as a stimulation for your thought. Make the effort also to visit those who are ill. Try to discover what things you can to do and say that will, in some way, alleviate their suffering. Mystically, while in cosmic attunement in your sanctum, visualize yourself as in another incarnation and as actually assuming the personality and duties of one doing what you desire. Further, ask that you be given the cosmic power to build strength and to develop your character and soul personality along the lines of life that you wish for your next incarnation. Try as much as your personal time and studies permit to assume activities and to enter into thoughts that are definitely related to your ideal in the next incarnation. All of this conditions your soul personality 
for that particular kind of life. It makes you psychically responsive to that kind of existence by arousing and developing those talents which are related to what you desire. Uh, we have also been told in our monographs that the soul personality upon the occasion of rebirth is attracted to the body and to those circumstances which will enable it to carry out its plans. For analogy, we may say that the soul personality is really one pole of a magnet. It draws to it the opposite pole, the material existence, the body, which is of nature's best able to serve it. We often use the expression that one is a born musician, a born physician, writer, and so forth. Psychologically, we mean that the association areas of a person's brain and consequent talents make him particularly adapted to the work or profession which he has selected. Now, this psychological adjustment is principally due to the fact that the soul personality was attracted to an organism and to circumstances through which it could best express itself. Just as we may intentionally form our future incarnations, so too we may unwittingly do so. The individual who harbors racial hatreds or extreme religious bias is creating a karmic condition for which he must make compensation. He is assuredly creating a condition where he may have to assume in the next incarnation the very race, color, or creed that he now despises and perhaps attacks. He is practically assured, unless he changes his thoughts and actions, of being exposed to the same humility and acrimonious statements and hurts that he has imposed upon others. Those who hold in contempt the opposite sex in business and professional matters, as some males do females, may endure the life of a female, being subject to the same kind of obstructions and restrictions. You cannot want life for yourself in a future incarnation and at the same time think and act quite differently in this one. It is not, as we have said, the desire alone that creates the next incarnation, but behavior that is commensurate with it. It is necessary to think of your soul personality as the cause of the kind of life you will live in your next incarnation. This soul personality is plastic. In other words, it is flexible. You must, with the help of the cosmic, mold it in the form you wish it to express itself now and in the next life. As you can understand from these brief remarks, planning the future incarnation, well, it is in many respects like planning for tomorrow in this life. Just as we often find it expedient to alter our plans for tomorrow, so too it is often advisable to change our plans for the next incarnation. Each one of us can readily recall that the ambitions of our youth were quite different from what we now think the ideal life would be. Some have realized that what they prepared themselves for in their youth and in their schooling is not what they should have pursued. Their real love, they have discovered, 
is perhaps deeper and fuller than the one of the immature concepts of youth. It may be too late to bring about a transition in your affairs in this incarnation, but you can, as explained, prepare for the next one. Our late imperator, Dr. H. Spencer Lewis, has admirably said in one of our monographs, quote, there need be no concern for tomorrow if we live properly today, unquote. Thank you, Fathers and Sirars. So mote it be.